0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, June 3rd. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly, not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball. Or maybe if pop culture entertainment is your thing, uh, places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, blade Disgusting, Film Crit, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But if this is your On Padres podcast, which is the most important part, obviously... You can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Send me some questions on there, any comments on there, any concerns on there, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and maybe even get back to you on the show, which I will be doing soon because somebody sent me a little question in the podcast review section on Apple Podcasts, and you too can have your question guaranteed to be read on here if you send me a review on Apple Podcasts. So be sure to do that. Don't worry, my friend who recently sent me one. We just haven't had time just yet, but I will get to it, I promise. And speaking of promises, guys, this episode is brought to you by Lockroom. And my promise to you is that if you download the app, you can join me tomorrow at 10.10 p.m. Eastern time for the beginning of the Mets-Padres game for a little live kind of watch-along or whatnot on a Friday night. I know some of you might actually be doing something a little bit more interesting for your Friday nights, but still, no problem uh, if you want to hang out with me. Uh, definitely do that. My username on there is at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. If you follow me on there or whatever, you'll be notified when my room goes live. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Guys, today's episode, we are recapping yesterday's unfortunate loss and, as a result, sweep by the Chicago Cubs, uh, which is very unfortunate. going to be recapping that. And then, going to be getting into my talk with Mr. Ryan Finkelstein of On Mets. First time I've ever talked to him, and it's... Honestly, out of all the teams that the Padres were playing this year, with the exception of the Dodgers, the Mets is easily, easily right there for the teams that I was most looking forward to. So I'm really, uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that chat and my energy comes off a little bit. You can tell that I'm really excited about um, playing the Mets for a very specific player that they also happen to have at shortstop. Uh, so we'll be getting to that, guys. But for now, let's recap this game and look, it was a sweep. Like I said, uh, the Padres lost the game 6-1. to one. Uh, A lot of offense coming from the Cubs. Not a lot of offense coming from the Padres. And I mentioned like you know, earlier in the week that this Cubs team has been just on a roll lately. They're one of the better offenses in baseball next to the Padres, believe it or not. They've actually been, for the past few weeks, uh, just a little bit under them. I know that they don't have their own Tatis, for example. But they still have a lot of guys doing a lot in that lineup. The main culprits for today's game were Anthony Rizzo, who went 3-4 for four with two RBIs and two doubles and Javi Baez who went 1 for 4, only one hit but a two-run homer in the game. Also struck out three times, which is the ultimate Javi Baez story. He's batting 255 on the season but only an on-base percentage of 294 and an astounding strikeout rate. He has 7 walks as compared to 74 Ks. Yep. He's hitting the ball out like every other at-bat, so it hasn't really mattered. Plus, he has a great glove over there at shortstop. So, happy Baez is having a pretty decent season for the Cubs. I can't wait to see uh, where he ends up in free agency because it's a very difficult player to evaluate considering that huge strikeout rate, but also considering how great he is as a glove. So, I'm very curious to see how that uh, kind of pans out. And Rizzo having a great year, too, batting 275 on the season with a 377 on base. That's the highest his on-base has been since, well... 2019. I point that out only because my point is that I want to emphasize 2020 stats are not a great indicator for who is going to be good for this year. You can use them. You can certainly use them. But they aren't a be-all, end-all as much as they are for previous seasons. Because, like I said, I'm very high on Chris Bryant. That was my guy this year, and he's been performing like an MVP. But anyway, enough about the Cubbies. And whatnot, guys. This guy, Adbert Ausale, absolutely shuts down the Padres yesterday, going five innings, only allowing one earned run on three hits and striking out seven, lowering his ERA to 3.62 on the season. He's been a little bit good for them, that team, lately. I talked about it with Joe uh, Kilgallen of the Locked on Cubs podcast recently if you guys want to go check out that crossover. Very fun talk. Um, Padres just couldn't hit. And it's unfortunate. Look, no Tatis in this game. Obviously, no Grisham. We haven't had him for a little bit. And there's basically just two storylines I want to talk about really quickly. One is a little bit of a, not a rant, but a little bit of a critique I have to just throw out there real quick. There was a collision that took place in this game. Early on in the bottom of the fourth inning, we saw Hassan Kim and Tommy Pham collide with each other. They were both on the field for a little bit. It actually ended up resulting in a double double play, actually, which was weird because I actually don't know if Kim necessarily held onto the ball for long enough for it to count, but Whatever. It's all that doesn't matter now. I just burped there. If you guys could have heard that. Um, hopefully, those two guys are okay. It looked really scary in the moment the way they didn't get up. Uh, shouts to athletes being able to do literally anything after an injury like that. The fact that Kim is able to get the ball back into the infield is just genuinely uh, absolutely incredible. What uh, these guys can kind of endure, I guess, but it seems like uh, based on the updates that I've seen and at what happened last night and whatnot, is that it seems that early indications are that uh, Kim avoided a concussion. Very scary situation, so glad to see that Kim seems to be uh, have made it out of this a little bit unscathed. However, for Tommy Pham, he received potential stitches. Or I'm sorry, he received stitches on his chin and will undergo a CT scan for a potential jaw injury stemming from the collision. Uh, Kevin AC of the San Diego Union Tribune uh, reports. Uh, so that's not great. And we'll see how the scan turns out. No update on that just yet, but I would. I would doubt that he'd be in the lineup for tonight's Mets game, which is very unfortunate because Tommy Pham has been playing really well. And on that play, uh, the big kind of drama is that after the play, uh, Tommy Pham was like yelling and just, just I don't know what it was all about necessarily, but then he got in the dugout and he had to be restrained or what have you, so I don't know what that was, and my only recommendation for everybody else is to stop assuming things when it comes to this. I was not in the dugout, you were not in the dugout, uh, Kevin Ac was not in the dugout, you know what I'm saying? So we'll have to see uh, what that was all about, but I know that the immediate reaction is to just assume that this was Tommy Fam's fault because we like to blame him for everything, us Padres fans, early on this season, it seems. Um, but it was definitely frustrating because that is Tommy Fam's call. So I can understand his frustration, especially with all that... Um, on the line, I know that Kim has been playing really great defense lately, and Tommy Pham, not necessarily as much so, but bottom line is the outfielder uh, should have the call, the right of way in that situation. So hopefully the two, you know, iron this out, and it's just two guys that are really competitive, especially with in regards to Fam as he was upset after the play, and that there's no type of bad blood or anything like that. It'd be stupid to insinuate otherwise until we know more. Uh, But then the last thing I want to talk about, guys, on the bright side of things, yes, believe it or not, there is a bright side of things when it comes to uh, a sweep. The thing with this game is that Denelson LeMet started the game, and he went four innings, giving up one run on four hits, walking one, and striking out six. And the big thing of this, first of all, is I thought he looked really good. And I just talked about how this Cubs offense has been performing well. So, you know, the get-well team, I wouldn't expect that it would be the Cubs. And he was pretty good in this game. The velocity looked good with his four-seam fastball, max of 97.9 miles per hour. He was throwing the slider a lot, which is actually more impressive because that's his number one pitch. And that's the type of thing that might affect his injury more the slider, I should say, at least from what I've heard, at least from what the smart people tell me, uh, and that looked good, and it didn't seem like people were particularly hitting him all that hard, so I really, really liked that, and continuing with the silver linings, ever since basically April 21st, when they brought him in against the Brewers, Um, Obviously, famously, he made his his bullpen reliever debut uh, on May 16th against the Cardinals. But just in terms of speaking from the beginning, two innings against the Brewers, two innings against Pittsburgh, which was the scariest start because that was the start in which his velocity was really down. But it looks like he kind of rebounded from that. Then against Colorado, he goes two innings. Then against St. Louis, he goes two innings. Then Seattle, he goes three innings. Then Houston, he goes three innings this past weekend. And then today, he goes four innings, and he looked as sharp as he had so far, and maybe the Padres really are onto something, with this being the way that they're kind of using this as his rehab starts, per se, I don't know if this is really the best direction, I can't remember the last time a team, in order to have a pitcher kind of get back into the swing of things, have used them as a bullpen, long relief sort of guy, and slowly increase their innings, but... If it works, it works. Right now, Blake Snell ain't pitching well. And right now, just with some of the injuries, the Padres are going to need kind of that third starter that they can count on in the rotation. If Lament is healthy, he is clearly that guy based on what we've seen last year and even years before. He's definitely just one of those wipeout uh, pitchers when he wants to be. Or, more accurately, when his health allows it, I should say, actually, is more important. Uh, So that is the big silver lining. I know it's a sweep. I know it's a bummer. And it feels like the Padres just kind of were almost living too high off of the weekend series against the Astros. But still, we've got this Mets series coming up, and I am excited for it. But before we talk with Mr. Ryan Finkelstein about it guys. I want to talk to you quickly about something and very very important vroom, vroom, vroom. I need to talk to you about the cars guys. That's right. Specifically rockauto.com who has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's a long time. They have everything you need. Engine control modules, tail lamps, more new carpet. They deliver it directly to your door. Their catalog is really easy to navigate and it's very unique at the same time which is helpful for people like me that don't really know much about cars and need a little bit of help. And best of all their prices are always reliably low. You don't want to spend up to twice as as much for the same parts. So go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockado.com Now, just one more message, guys, and then we'll talk to, to Mister O'Brien. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, I'm being joined by for the first someone who I haven't had on the podcast yet, despite the fact that it's a team that I kind of am extremely uh, interested in for long-time listeners of the podcast. Everybody knows why the main culprit who is on this team, why I love the, or at least not love, not love, but I really enjoy the Mets so much and I'm paying attention to them. Uh, I am being joined by the host of Locked on Mets, Mr. Ryan Finkelstein. Sir, how are you? I also said the last name, Mike. Let's go!
0: Good job. Yeah, <laughs> good, man. I'm I'm very curious. If I had to guess, I would say the player is either Jacob deGrom or Pete Alonzo, but I don't know. W- which player are we talking about here?
1: Oh, we're talking about Francisco Lindor, man, the Puerto oh, okay. Rican power. Of
0: course, of go. course.
1: Uh and I feel like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, let's just transition right into that. Um, Francisco Lindor. I imagine you've asked this, been asked this all the time. And um, I'm still gonna ask it though. I'm not gonna stop that. I feel like that he's the kind of one of the stories of the year uh, in a lot of ways for the Mets, this team that's been really kind of a little bit up and down throughout. But um, what's the general feeling on Francisco Lindor, both as a player and just kind of how did New York fans feel about it? Because the New York fans can be a bit rabid, I think, sometimes.
0: Yeah, when you're not hitting, (laughs) it doesn't matter who you are, how likable you are. Eventually, New York fans are going to start to boo, and that's what we've seen so far this year. But personally, I love the guy. I mean, just everything about him, his swag, the way that he is, you know, a superstar on and off the field, but just everything about him. It's great to see him engaging with his teammates. It's just, there's so many things that he does that don't show up in a box score that are helping the Mets win. Mm -hmm. And when you look at a team compared to last year where the Mets just could never string together wins and this year, they're finding a way to win despite a lot of adversity I think a large part of that is having that leader in the clubhouse. So I think Lindor has been way better than people are giving him credit for this year because the hitting numbers haven't been there. But even that has turned around over the last week or so.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and you bring up, though, with the interpersonal kind of the clubhouse stuff. But, man, let me tell you my favorite story, aside from any like Padres Related stuff and Tatis and whatnot, which I'm sure you, you uh, have questions about. Um, it's the raccoon rat thing. That's just one of the look. I mean, I joked on Twitter how he's in by S tier for Puerto Ricans, and I'm not kidding. I love the man so much, and for him to come, he was really like he was like me in Among Us or like a Jackbox party pack game where I have to be like the faker or I'm lying and I'm the alien. And I'm just like, yo, the crazy thing is, man, <laughs> like you like, you have all those little filler words. It was quite a sight like- to behold. Honestly,
0: the buzzword I liked was wild, man. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so wild, man. Um but it feels like just to in to a small extent that the team has at least the team has played a little bit better. I know that their offense hasn't been really going. Uh their 30th in home runs or I'm sorry, 29th in home runs, 29th in slugging and 30th in runs, which is uh not great especially with a lineup that I don't think is nearly supposed to be that bad. I don't think this is like a Milwaukee lineup or say any other bottom tier offense in the league. I feel like there's it's been it's been falling short of expectations, but they have the great pitching, which has kind of been unfortunately the story with the Mets the past few years. Is That's a lot of uh, really great pitching, but no offense. Do you attribute that a lot more to injuries or is there kind of some weird developments that you've seen with the lineup where you're like maybe Pete Alonso is hitting certain pitches or maybe Jeff McNeil is not as good? And granted, he's hurt now, but is there anything that you've kind of seen or is it really just some kind of bad luck and an early start to the season that's doing it?
0: Well, at the start of the year, when the Mets were healthy, they weren't hitting. So mm-hmm. to just attribute it to the injuries, I don't think you're looking at the full picture. They did kind of start to turn it around. At one point, they fired the hitting coaches, brought in the new guys. It felt like it was maybe about a week before everyone started to drop like flies, and they had started to kind of turn a corner. that everyone gets hurt, and you have like Cameron Maben, who basically went hitless through 28 at bats with like 17 or eight. he was horrible. I mean, 17 or 18 mm-hmm. strikeouts. They had a lot of guys like that, which is why that, that prolonged slump continued all the way through May and everything. But now they've gotten, what, I think it's double-digit hits in three of the last four games. So they're starting to figure it out. James McCann and Francisco Lindor have gotten hot. Uh, uh, Alonzo has come off the IL, has been really good. So they're starting to turn a corner. But you're not looking at the Mets right now and saying this is an offensive juggernaut. Even going into this series, it's, it's about the pitching. It's about the Mets' bullpen and the top three in their rotation. That's why the Mets aren't first right now. It's because of those those guys that have kept them in these games where the offense just has done just enough to win.
1: Yeah, just enough to win feels uh, feels right. But even still, I mean, this first matchup, unfortunately, well, as much as I wish it was a DeGrom versus Yu Darvish, it's unfortunately just Yu Darvish versus former Padre Joey Lucchese, uh, who has been, hmm, yeah, not very good, it looks like, uh, for the Mets so far. And not to judge just based off the ERA, but 6.56, not the best uh, so far. But um, still, I think that's it should still be a great series. I think both teams have had really great pitching. And, you know, it's funny because like what you said about the offense, the Padres really, like even when they were bad, they weren't as bad as the Mets. Like the beginning of the year when it was Tatis was batting like 130 and, and Tommy Pham was like the worst offensive player in baseball for a little bit like even then uh they still seem to not be as bad as the Mets do you how much of it like I'm wondering heading into season were you like no you know what guys this is different no more lol Mets tweets and all that stuff bottom line is on paper their offense is good or were you one of those people that were like something might just happen that we're not seeing and it's just gonna make them bad just because it happens to be the Mets
0: A little bit of both. I can't (laughs) shake the inner Mets fan. You know, this is still the team that I grew up rooting for. So there's that part of me that'll always have that pessimism of, okay, what's going to go wrong. But going into the season, I thought the offense was going to carry the team. I mean, when you were looking up and down with Conforto, McNeil, Dom Smith, Lindor, I mean, they were just so loaded. I didn't see any way the Mets could be a bad offensive team or a bad team in general. So yeah, th- there was still always that kind of thought of maybe things will go wrong. And certainly with the injuries, it kind of has, but there's definitely a difference between the Wilpon era and the Cohen era. And I think the best example of this is in- instead of all that you know superstitious stuff, this team is smart now. They are shifting more than any team in baseball where in previous years, they just kind of ignored it. They ignored the way the game was going. And suddenly the Mets went from being one of the worst defensive teams in baseball to being one of the best defensive teams in baseball with Lindor being the only like big defensive upgrade they made. The personnel for the most part Mm -hmm. has been the same. So I think you're seeing the trickle down in the money from the owner, not only just with the roster, but how they go about their business with scouting, analytics, all that stuff. And that's how you can survive having 17 players on the injured list at one time. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute, hold up a minute. Um, guys,
1: you know what are the best tasting protein bars on the planet? Actually, just not even best tasting, just best in general. The Bilt Bars. That's right. Built Bars are fantastic, guys. They've got a great variety of flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, their new uh, grasshopper chocolate type flavor, double chocolate. They have birthday cake. They have all these things. And some of those flavors, they have these limited time flavors every other week and what have you, always dropping at different times. So always ways to mix things up, covering 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. But most importantly, guys, they are healthy for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and Only four grams net carbs, guys. They're really, really, really good. And I have a deal for you. Guys, that's right. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And also, guys, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, baseball is in full swing. You can check all the action there. But they've also got all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including That there NBA basketball and the playoffs and everything, the NHL, plus... All of your UFC MMA action, guys. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sport news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, guys, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's really well said. I think that the, the Mets, what's so funny is even despite all this is like, they're still doing well. Like it's been, it's, I think I wonder if part of it is just the New York hysteria. And I think that to a degree um, personally, I, I fall victim to that too, because I think the Mets, in a lot of ways have been just having somehow like the last eight months, like I'd say it's them, the Padres for the good, for the most part, And then maybe the White Sox for, unfortunately, mostly due to their manager. But the Mets, I mean, you just go back. And I'm talking like everything not to get too political but the day they signed Lindor or they traded for Lador, I'm sorry like the fact that the trade was made on that particular day uh, with what happened in our nation (laughs) in January it was a very like of course they did moment and then you have the whole you know uh, Steve Cohen like the the GameStop stuff and then you have the very unfortunate stuff as well like with the Jared Porter situation then you have Rat and Raccoon and then you have this this, uh, whole thing with Marcus Stroman last night and then also some really fun plays with Marcus Stroman as well when he had that behind the back thing this year like I think the Mets have just been this smorgasbord uh, grab bag of kind of just storylines this year Uh, unfortunately a lot for the the um, bad sometimes but uh, what has it been like I guess just covering the team this year has it been mostly cool and fun that you at least have something to talk about at the minimum it's at least interesting or has it just been a very like uh, you don't even know what to do anymore
0: yeah, I mean, dating back to when I started hosting the show in 2019, the one thing I've always said is I, I never have problems with content, like never. Mm-hmm. There's always something. <laughs> I, think, I think the only time was when the world literally stopped with COVID. That was mm-hmm. the only time where I was like, mm-hmm. well, I actually got to think about what I'm going to talk about because something always popped up. And so it's kind of continued. But I think for the first two years of covering this team, I was just always mad. Like, I was it was it was it was always me just yelling and complaining about Jeff Wilpon and why he's you know the the devil spawn of, of the Mets, and we finally got rid of him. And so now, even the, the rat and the raccoon thing, I had fun with it. That was still a fun story to cover, even though it was ridiculous. And, and a lot of this stuff has been fun this year, so I think that's been the biggest difference. And I think there's also just a general sense of optimism moving forward that the Mets are going to be a competitive team as opposed to with the Ponds, where it's like you basically just have to catch lightning with a bottle or lighting in a bottle to, to have any chance to, to actually win. And you're not going to win for a sustained amount of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I, I could relate, especially to the content thing, uh, lots of stuff to talk about, uh, especially, and I know that there's been some, you know, like you said, I, the COVID thing was wild, though. I mean, the first thing that I was doing during COVID was with uh, Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and John Chick of Locked On Rangers doing a sports movie bracket. That is literally what I did at the start of all this. I was just watching all these sports movies, like Tin Cup. You ever see Tin Cup? Oh, That's my a good God. Movie. Oh, man, no, 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 I I remember really just so here's the thing. Maybe it was just because I've seen so many sports movies consecutively. But that movie felt like it was trying so hard to reclaim, like the bull Durham, Kevin Costner that at some point I was like, what? It's so fun for like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh yes, like it feels like it's got that right attitude. And then she gets just gets a little bit boring. But I don't I don't want to be mean, like if no, you liked I, it.
0: <laughs> since you since you bring up a golf movie, I gotta tell a story about uh The Legend of Bagger Vance. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: I know of it though. I know okay, of it. So,
0: so it, it's it's a good movie, Matt Damon and Will Smith. And I actually oh, yeah. had I had a golf class in, in college, and I showed up like 15 minutes late to the class. And I'm in there, I'm watching like we're this movie, and I didn't recognize it was Matt Damon. So the entire time <laughs> early on in the movie, I'm thinking this is like some bi- biography of like a former real golfer until Will Smith shows up and it like blew my mind. I'm like, oh, this is a real movie we're watching. <laughs> this is some, some biography about about an old golfer. But yeah, that's a, that would be a good uh, golf movie for you to watch.
1: I might give it a shot, especially Charlize. Big fan of Charlize apparently yeah. is in it. Uh, that's really awesome. But yeah, tin Cup. We, we got into all of them. I think I think Rocky ended up winning, which is the most somewhat anticlimactic thing ever. It just And my belief is that because we didn't actually make the bracket. It was somebody else that we were kind of copying from some radio station or whatever. And they gave Rocky the easiest. Like they gave them none of the hard. Uh, movies on their side of the bracket but anyway um Ryan now do you have any questions possibly about yeah. the Padres or the rest of this series because I don't want to just talk all Mets although honestly I could talk all Mets because this is, next to the Padres this is my team that I'd be rooting for probably to win it all next to actually their third second place goes to any team that plays the Dodgers but go on <laughs> yeah
0: um well I think this offseason it kind of was the tale of two teams in the Padres and the Mets these were the teams that were kind of the most aggressive mm-hmm. making moves and what I want to know from you is, you know, this year, how have all those moves come together? It seems like you, Darvish, is having a good season. I'm not quite sure what Blake Snell's been doing, but how has that pitching worked out? And, and what's what have those offseason moves translated to compared to a team that made the playoffs last year?
1: I mean, it's just, it's so funny to look back at, like, if you were to take just what's happening currently with the rotation, you say you take Lament from last year and then Paddock from last year. Um, like that's they'd be in a little bit of trouble, but instead they've been quite good at pitching this year, and a lot of that is because of the additions they've made. Currently, they're first in ERA, first in batting average against, and third in walks and hits per inning. Um, otherwise known as Whip. Uh, so the pitching has been awesome, and a lot of that is to do with Darvish. A lot of that is certainly to do with the bullpen, getting guys like Mark Melanson and Keona Kella instead of spending big on one reliever, they decided to get. Those two, and I know Keanu Kelly has a pitch in a little bit, but just uh, kind of spreading the wealth around a little bit more because I think that position could be a little volatile personally, and that it's a little bit of a mistake to invest too much in one guy. But the other thing is a lot of breakouts happening this year too. You have the biggest one being Joe Musgrove throws the no hitter like second or third week of the season, whenever that was, uh, which was just an unbelievably surreal event. I don't care how many no hitters has been that one was still awesome. First in it was Padres one of the franchise history, too, right? Yeah, it was the first in uh, franchise history for the Padres it was nuts and you know despite the fact that lament isn't really being used totally as a starter he's trying to come back from this injury that's a whole ball yard to untangle to that's a whole weird situation but hopefully it it works and you know you even guys like Chris Paddock are performing okay I think and the biggest thing is that yeah then you Darvish as well by the way you uh, Darvish has been is showing that yeah the last season and a half per se has not been a fluke. Uh, His amazing repertoire of pitches is so much fun to watch. And they even threw in Victor Caratini to the deal. So while, you know, Blake Snell has been a bit of a disaster, uh, in, in a lot of ways, he has not been very good. He's not pitching up to his standards uh, at all. He has like an ERA over five right now, which is, yeah, I know. Uh, very, very ridiculous. Um, they've been able to kind of, you know, put stuff together, I think. And I think a lot of people thought that this was just an offensive team. Even last year, they weren't just that. Last year, they had good pitching too. Um, that's the, They were slam Diego. Yeah, sure, because they broke that record and they hit all the grand slams and Tatis' bat flips and all that. But it's just a well-rounded team that doesn't have – too many discernible weak spots, honestly. Like, yeah, I'm complaining about Blake Snell right now, but if the playoff series is that they might have to do Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, maybe Blake Snell, or you have to mix and match, maybe Ryan Weathers has been a big breakout then. That's like, you, you look at teams like the Yankees, they've got like one guy. You know, there, there's plenty of other teams out there that are considered contenders that only really have one guy that they they sort of trust. And I feel like that's been a little bit of the same with the Mets too. I don't know, Taiwan Walker. been a little bit of a thing for you guys uh who wow uh first guy ever to just do better when joining new york i don't know maybe that might be the case here with the pitching i don't know what's going on there but um,
0: it's definitely something that fangrass has mm -hmm. the first first met to actually be successful as a free agent yeah it's definitely it's a
1: stat that needs to start putting more personally I've, i've been um, vying for that for years and cut everybody that about does it for part one just part one of my discussion with Ryan Finkelstein of the Locked On Mets podcast now before we wrap everything up let me just quickly recommend to you guys checking out the Locked On Today podcast it gives you all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes on your drive to work everything I love it it's fantastic and he's speaking of fantastic host Peter Bukowski he is that he updates you on everything that's going on in every major sport and with the help of our local experts here at Locked including yours truly. Uh, follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, for tomorrow's episode, going to be talking about whatever transpires for tonight's Mets game, as well as continuing the crossover with Ryan and uh, however the game turns out. Don't worry, he is very, very cool, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy us uh, continuing our crossover talk. And also, just in terms of uh, also things for tomorrow, you're going to be going on locker room, remember, for the beginning of the Mets game, maybe the first few innings, unless it's just who knows, sometimes I like just going along with those you know, sometimes I stay on those for a while so remember, Javier Reyes J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S I'll be putting out some invite and stuff on the Lockdown Padres Twitter account so you can keep up with that and also, some other stuff for next week, it was actually just announced as I'm recording, Uh, I started recording this episode a little bit late, Um, it was just announced that the ballots are open for MLB All-Star so I'm going to be giving my take, uh, probably early next week about which Padres I think should make the All-Star game, and just honestly filling out my All-Star ballot in general, I think that That'll be a lot of fun for an episode, a little bit of a change up, especially since we're going to be playing the Cubs and Mets again. I'm not going to want to, you know, rehash the same crossover stuff. At least that's what I think. Uh, feel free to let me know otherwise. And also, guys, um, coming soon around June 22nd is the launch of a new website, Just Baseball, that I am a big part of. I am a staff member, I guess, basically, more or less. And I'll be covering the Padres on there, among many other things. It's great. It's actually something that's been in the works for a long time and started from being just a little blog to being this giant website with a lot of backing behind it. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'll link that in the podcast description below the welcome page and you should definitely follow the Twitter and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be teasing this throughout uh, the following weeks, I think, uh, just a little bit and maybe even having Arm Layton who's the uh, editor-in-chief, co-founder of the site on the podcast to maybe talk about the site a little bit. But that about does it, guys, for all my stuff for today on this year, Locked On Padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Remember to send me five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app with a question in the review description, and I guarantee whatever that question is will be answered on the show. It could be literally about anything. It could be about your favorite TV show, whatever. I don't care. Try to keep it baseball, but still, if you just want to throw something out there, I will answer it. I appreciate bribing people uh, for five-star reviews, I guess you could say, to say the least. Uh, until next time, guys, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.